Alright guys, we're back to the Thin Line Podcast. I got me, Mike here. I'm back with DJ and this week on the line I've got a firefighter named Willie Bauer on the line gonna give us uh, some of his thoughts on things. Willie, are you there? Yeah. Alright, excellent man. Um so it's been about like a week since the last one. We want to try to start getting these out on a regular basis as much as we possibly can. <clears throat> and uh, just kind of real quick, guys, I uh, want to go over kind of what's been going on with us uh, work. Uh, we had a fairly uh, busy weekend for some. Uh, how Were you guys working at all? You were here Friday, weren't you, Willie? Yeah, Friday. All right. Did you go out on anything interesting or same old? I was thing? just uh, routine stuff, man. All right. Well, in routine stuff, when we're talking fire and EMS, exactly where? What's routine stuff for the people? Oh, uh, just day to day convalescence. Uh, you know, sick people. Um, in general, just housekeeping of EMS. <laughs> I love that. I love that housekeeping of EMS, <laughs> and that's and that's what a lot of people don't understand about EMS. I mean, we are uh, <clears throat> on the EMS side of things, we are like the bastard child, uh, without a doubt. And the only way to really make oh, money, absolutely, yeah, exactly. I mean, the only way to make money is to do these convalescent runs, really, because most people, um, you know, Medicare and Medicaid is going to pay for it. Thank God, and so. What a lot of uh, EMS services do is they'll do these convalescent transports for people, you know, like to dialysis or to doctor's appointments or out of nursing homes to the hospital when a doctor, you know, finds out that the person's labs were uh, bad two, three days ago. Um, <laughs> when they find out that they're, uh, <laughs> they're <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, they're off by a few points. They're off by a few points uh, three days ago. They're probably fine now, but they need to go to the hospital right now, goddammit. So uh, that's what Willie's talking about with the convalescent runs. That's uh, basically um, what EMS services do to, you know, kind of sustain and make money. Uh, have you guys been keeping up with Hurricane Matthew at all? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, same here. Been <laughs> following it loosely. Loosely, we got some family down there. Uh, the hurricane actually hit land north of them down there on the east uh, east coast of Florida, so that was good. They didn't get slammed by it, but I know countless number of people have been, and there's a lot going on down there right now. Oh yeah, there's a that's pretty chaotic place right now. Oh yeah, it's out, it's it's out of control right now, and uh, I just noticed that I forgot to start recording on my other app that I've been so happy to play with and the soundboards and shit. So I'll uh, I'm just gonna do it this play with it anyway, guys, just so we can screw with it later, maybe make a better app for everybody or better podcast. Probably get new talent. That'd be the best way to get a better podcast. Probably. Absolutely. <laughs> just get different people doing this. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I said, uh, I got a complete and total face for radio. But, so, yeah, uh, I was actually looking over some of the 
the statistics, and they could be off. Um, but from what I just I recently read, according to uh, WeatherChannel.com, was there's uh, 562 reported water rescues going on in North Carolina alone due to the flooding and seven deaths. In North Carolina alone? In North Carolina alone right now. That's, that is insanity. I mean, we get we get some flooding around here because we're right off the Ohio River, and we're in a valley, so we get a lot of flood. We get a lot of you know what we what we call water rescues. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like a guy in a creek or something. That guy out at uh that drove his truck off into the creek because he didn't know it was. Yeah. It, the water is deeper when it rains. <laughs> it moves faster. Yeah, but so they're they're down there. Doing actual rescue stuff, like oh, it's man. a totally different level what they're involved in right now. Yeah, and shout out to all the agencies that have picked up their gear and run down there to that area of the United States to help out. I know there's all kinds. Yeah, I mean, of Indiana Task Force One even went down there. Oh yeah, yeah. Indiana Task Force One went down there. That's uh, our neck of the woods. Um, did your brother went down there, didn't he, or his department? Um. He actually did not go down. Um, I know a couple of days before the storm was slated to hit landfall um, in Florida, uh, they were put on standby by the uh, North Carolina government to uh, potentially respond. So he, uh, he had to spend a couple extra days at work and prepare all their equipment and stuff, but uh, they did not go. So that's coming, I mean, that's and just to let people kind of know a geographical location of that, that's coming as far as um, Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, the East End, Jefferson County. Yeah, so coming all the way from Louisville, Kentucky to North Carolina just to respond. I mean, that's kind of one of those things that I guess is because uh, I, I have my own thoughts and opinions on FEMA. But I guess that's one of the good things is we can get um, you know different resources together get down there and take care of these people when need be. Yeah. And yeah, pretty pretty timely fashion too. I mean I know um yeah. before he joined the company, uh his actual uh company went to Katrina years ago. So I mean it's not like they this was something random. I mean they they were related for this task force. Yeah, I was actually I, I went down in Katrina myself um years ago as well and um it was amazing. I, I got to work side by side with a lot of people from a lot of different states, a lot of different agencies, and you know that one common goal. And yeah, and that's that's probably the best time of people's lives is going to out of state stuff, and meeting new people, and bouncing ideas off of people. And that and that is, and I mean, it's 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 uh, sad that we that we end up meeting under those circumstances, but at the same time, you do learn a lot through different experiences from different people with different levels. And create some lifelong friends. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's the coolest thing with interagency stuff, is you get to meet, when we talked about it, we touched on it briefly last week, but just the coolest group of men and women that are absolutely. Willing, they're willing to pull stakes and run across, you know, run across the country to help out people they don't even know. And then we work beside yeah. each other and we we find out that, oh, well, this is 
they're doing this a little bit different than we do it, and I like that. Um, and that yeah, the, the public service community as a whole is just one giant family. I mean, I listened to your guys' podcast last week, and you, know, you were talking about, like, uh, gallows humor and, like, the brotherhood and stuff. And you could, you could start out and fire police, EMS, military, anything. A year's time or less than a year's time, you spend enough time with these guys to, to be best friends. Right, exactly, and that's and that's one thing I really want to uh, touch on real quick is the mentality of of going into first responders. You know, I um <clears throat> my a little bit of my history, um, you know, and I think I've always had this maybe need or urge to um, serve my community. Uh, ever since I was young, I started as a lifeguard when I was 16, and for you young pups, that wasn't too long ago, but, um, for me, that was 23 years ago. <clears throat> so I started... You gotta, have, you gotta have passion for what you do, and so, you know, that's the case with most, uh, like, personal smarter people, they, they often start at young ages. Exactly. I mean, and it is. It's something that you get into, and like I, I remember, you know, I, I went and did that all through high school, and I enjoyed it, and I did like my first responder classes also, and did some stuff with volunteer fire department, and then I went off to college, and that's actually where I started doing more volunteer fire service. I was, um, I actually went on a wrestling scholarship to uh, Southern Illinois. Um, and there were some guys there that were on the local like volunteer fire department, and I got to learn a lot from them and be around them. Before I left, there was a guy, and he's still a friend of mine today, <clears throat> named Sean Lavelle. And he's a cop now. He was a, he was a paramedic, a good friend of mine. And he tried to get me into this Explore EMS program, and I was like, man, you know, I'm going to college. I, I mean, that's all fine and well, but, you know, I want to I wanna go to school and do this. And, you know, at young, I wasn't really thinking career. I was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to wrestle Division One, and that was my lifelong dream. And I was, you know, lucky enough to achieve that dream. But the, the whole time I was there, I felt more connected doing – that volunteer fire service, and then I left college and joined the Marine Corps, and, um, you know, like, again, felt, you know, you feel that need to serve, and, you know, I didn't do anything special, but that was always, you know, and I came back, and I went to, I finished up my degree, and I went to school, and just, I was not really happy in um, what I was doing at the time, you know, when it when it came to my job, I was making a lot of money, and I just wasn't happy. And then I came back to EMS full time, and I'm not making, you know, you don't make a lot of money, but you know, you actually, you know, you make a difference. You feel like you're actually, you know, accomplish something at the end of the day. And uh, that's my little bit of rant right there. But well, and you got the team, the team mentality. You know? Exactly. I think that's okay. huge. Um, just to have that community, and that's what this podcast is all about—the thin line community. 
you've got somebody to your left and to your right who knows what's going on. You know, they 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 may not have seen exactly what you've seen, but they understand. Nobody's seen what I've seen. So that's the thing about that mentality. Like now, Willie, when did you start in fire? You're you're relatively you're a young guy, and you've actually yeah, got some years um, in. I started uh, when I was 14 with the uh, junior fire program. Uh, and second generation, my dad was a chief, so I uh, rid the coattails into to his uh, hobbies and then just took off with a career you know, as soon as I could at 18. And, I mean, and that's amazing. Like a lot of people, a lot of people don't know, you know, when it comes to, um, especially police, fire, EMS, and usually military is involved as well, is it, it is uh, a family thing a lot of times. It's generational. And oh yeah, you are your brother Evan. Uh, he is as well. Your dad was chief. Um, BJ, when did you start? Um, I started as soon as I got out of high school, <clears throat> and uh, so. That's now six going on seven years ago, and I uh, I had a friend. None, nobody from my family had had anything notable to do with the fire service, but I had a buddy who he was involved in it. He was on a volunteer department, and he was working as a full time firefighter. And you know we. We were spent. We spent quite a bit of time hanging out, you know, working on projects, and uh, we worked on a farm together. And he just kind of got me stoked, and that uh, I don't know that allure was there for helping people in that capacity, you know, which not a lot of people do. I mean, yeah, there's there's a ton of firefighters in this nation. There's a ton of EMS providers, ton of police officers, but when you look at the percentage of the population that's doing it. It's uh, it's that's why we call it a thin line because it's such a it's such a small group of people, and that allure of being the one that can help save somebody's day, it was just I don't know I guess I was overcome with it and I was like well let's let's see what I need to do let's get in some uh get in some trainings get involved with some fire departments and see where this takes me. So. Right, and now yeah, absolutely. Now Willie, now I mean, and. We, we go into it like you know we we, we all kind of talk about it nonchalant because it's like you know we all understand like I I started when I was this young and you know I just ended up at it but at some point in time there is a mentality that kicks in and says you know I don't want to do anything else this is what I want to do you know this is right you know so when so Willie you're fourteen years old. And you're like, oh, I'm going to be a junior firefighter. You know, it's it's almost like joining the Cub Scouts. Honestly, you you're going up there with your dad. You know, you're yep. learning the fire uh, side of things. And but at some point, you're you are choosing to stay in it, and this is what I want to do with my life. You know, so what was that that light bulb? Um, I guess moment that you were like, you know, this is what I want to do. It, it it isn't because 
oh, well, my dad does it. Uh, my, you know, uh, my brother's getting into it too, and my family does it, so I'm going to do it. I mean, you know, if that were the case, I, I would be in a different profession myself. Um, so what was it that you were like, all right, that's it. This is what I want to do. Um, I'm not sure when it, like, started, but, no, I had my, uh, EMT, uh, certification, and, uh, I was a firefighter one, too, which is, like, um, a couple steps into the training process, um, before I graduated high school, uh, as soon as I was 18, I took all, a whole bunch of classes, um, and then it was just, like, every time you were there, like, you, you had somebody to talk to, um, any one of those guys that I went to, if I had a problem, like any of the 40 would drop what they're doing and come to help. And I was working at a propane company and I was like, man, this sucks. And I wish I could just do this volunteer stuff. And, uh, I mean, you grow up quick. You really do get into it at a young age because of all the stuff that the job entails. But I would say at probably 19 years old, is when I was like, man, I'm gonna, I like doing this so much, that that's what I want to do. Um, and then I started pursuing that. And then it was like, damn uh, it all, I'm gonna be poor as shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, nobody in public service does it for the check, the passion. And, uh, and you have to be passionate about what you do because you don't make the money to. Well, you know, it's like the old saying is, you know, if you if you have a if you do something that you have a passion for that you love, you know, then you never work a day in your life. Yeah, right, absolutely, and, and and that's the way it is in most cases. In a, in lot, your... of, in a lot of cases, um, with you with you guys, like you know, um, I came from another service uh, to this one uh, after you guys hounded me long enough that I finally came over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and. Um, for me, it was, it, it was, uh, it, it does depend on where you work, and I was there for um, seven years, and it became a paycheck, and it became to where I just was going to work to, because I had to, and, you know, and when you're doing what we do, you, you can't have that, I mean, there's going to be days, of course, and there's going to be moments, of course, where you are just there, but yeah. it shouldn't be every single day where you're just miserable because of, you know, the the way things are going in, in the company and the way things are, you know, and when I came over here, it was, um, it was like how it was at the place where I first started, you know, it's a, it's smaller, um, and everybody is pretty tight-knit, and there honestly i mean some guys here think there is a lot of maybe drama or politics or bullshit because everybody has their own opinions of course but i've noticed that it is not really like that at all because of where i was at that's all it was 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 about the it, it became a corporation versus you know a service and that's where people lose sight of the way things are and how they're supposed to be is when you start making it about the dollar. You know, yeah. Granted, we got to make money. I mean, we've got to make money. That's that's how we sustain to be able to keep do giving this this service. You know, but uh, you know, there 
it is a service, and people and and people aren't uh, customers. They are, you know, patients. They are victims. They are, you know, they're not a dollar sign, even though, you know, that is what we have to do. Unfortunately, um, we've got to make money, and so that's. Um, Kind of the mentality that everybody that everybody in this service has is there comes that moment in time where you know somebody talked to you, somebody brought you in, and you just fell in love with it, and that and you stayed in it. Um, so that's that is is definitely that mentality is I think there in every person that does it, you know, and if it if it isn't, they usually aren't around too long once they kind of figure out the things you're going to see and the people you're going to deal with. Um, so that's a little bit of the mentality of it. but Yeah, it, that's what's great about the public service is, you know, every day you clock out, when you come back in, it's a whole, you get a whole new set of stuff. I mean, we don't do the same thing every day. It's yeah. not routine at all. I mean, it's, it's case by case. Right, and we touched on that on the last on the last podcast was, you know, uh, the ability to continue doing your job after seeing some of the things that we unfortunately have to see and deal with. And um, BJ went on about that for, for a little bit. And, you know, you do have to have uh, touch on the other side of the mentality where you have to be able to control, you know, yourself and your emotions. Um, but at the same time, man, uh, you know, I only and I know a lot of uh, officers, so um, and in military and police and fire, you know, we we do we we are a a sick bunch of people. <laughs> we have a sense of humor, but we also um, have a camaraderie uh, unrivaled. I feel unrivaled. Uh, absolutely. You know, um, you know. Even if, even if, and it, there hasn't been a case yet, but even if I could be, you know, furious with somebody at the station, you know, without a doubt, I'm still going to have that person's back and still going to do, you know, what's expected of me or, you know, do what I feel I should. Because um, we are, we're a big family and, you know, hey, we, we get in fights, that's what brothers and sisters do, you know. Yeah. So that that the mentality of it is uh, is I feel unrivaled and just something else, and that's that's a uh, that's kind of you know. I mean, in in that mentality, the thing that I find funny is, in that mentality also is like, um, you see people like you you watch you know TV shows, movies, etc., where that's the one thing a lot of them try to always capture is that you know, that mentality because that's what builds a good drama and that's what builds a good comedy and, um, you know, that's what they're always trying to capture. They're trying to capture that brotherhood because mm -hmm. that's what builds those those great movies like, um, like Backdraft. I'm older, so Backdraft was one of my favorites. Oh, we all like Backdraft. And, uh, you know, but that was, you know, that camaraderie, that brotherhood, and, um, you know, Ladder 49, um, 
There was a show that was on a while back, and I used to love it. It was uh, called uh, Trauma. And it was, you know, in, based in San Francisco Fire, and they, you know, based on their EMS service and their paramedics, and they had a, you know, they had the bird and all that. And uh, for those listening don't know, bird is uh, what we call the, the helicopter, uh, air, air evac, uh, ambulance, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's what we call a bird. Um, <clears throat> so they had all that. I used to love watching that show. Um and you know, there's other medical shows that we watch as well. Uh, where are a couple of you guys' favorite shows to watch, or at least watch and criticize? Let's say that I watch and criticize their methods. What's one of your favorite ones to watch, and probably criticize what they do? What do you like, Willie? Um, I don't say the the whole rescue me thing. Uh, kind of blew everybody's minds on the actual job. Um, there's some stuff that they were doing was, was not what the job entails at all. Uh, <laughs> but, but TV has, and, and media, the mass media, has, uh, you know, kind of muddied the water for a couple of shows here in recent. Um, but that's always the thing with us, is there's always somebody watching to... Uh, you know, I'm not saying that nobody was inspired by any of the shows, but most of them are not close to what we do. Um, the tactics are, are for TV, so it's kind of hard to, as a public safety guy, kind of hard to get on board and, and actually enjoy a lot of the new stuff coming out. Yeah. But I think there eventually will be some stuff um, that comes out that we can all enjoy, but criticism uh, I like what you put that watching criticize yeah I think, I think that's lot. like my favorite part is is you know you sit there and you'll watch a show and my wife absolutely hates it because uh, she's an EMT as well and we'll sit there and watch a show or watch a movie and you're like you know they're putting let's say they're putting oxygen on the guy they put a non-rebreather mask on and the bag is collapsed you're the like, bags, yeah, you're like, like that. That only belongs at uh, nursing homes. <laughs> right. And and guys, guys, I apologize about this. I have to sign off because uh, unfortunately I am at work and not able to join these guys live. But uh, speaking of nursing homes, that's exactly where I am, and we're gonna do some housekeeping of EMS. So, <laughs> All right, uh, well. you guys have have a great day and right, thanks, uh, keep Willie. up the good Appreciate work. You, uh... Keep the thin line going. All right, man. Thanks. Appreciate you joining us, man. We'll talk to you later. All right. We'll see you guys. No, bye, Willie. Willie is awesome. I love that guy to death. I've known Willie for quite a few years now. I actually, um, I, I had gone out and taken a part-time job running paid squad out at uh, the fire department he is affiliated with and then I became affiliated with and I really just enjoyed working with Willie. He's a, a he's a trip. He is and he he knows his stuff. Yeah, he does. He does. So. He, he's a wild guy, man, and um but yeah, he was touching on that with the with the shows that, you know, the rescue me and all that and watch and criticize and 
there's quite a few shows out there that we all enjoy watching and, um, you know, nothing bad about them. But we, we, we do watch and criticize. And I think anyone in any field, you watch somebody that's trying to replicate what you do, you're going to be like, that's, you know, that's not how you do that or that's not what you do. And yeah, you know, with, 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 with trauma, especially, you know, they want that look and I like to watch those shows. Yeah. I like to watch and see how bad they're going to fuck up. (laughs) It is, uh, it is interesting. One show that I will say, obviously all these shows, they've got the drama element. They have to have all the drama because that's what keeps you hooked. Right. You, you wrap, as a viewer, you wrap yourself up with this character's life and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she did that to him or I can't believe, uh, that happened in this episode between those two, such, you know, stuff like that. But, um, there are some elements of some shows that have a little bit of accuracy to them. <laughs> that is, uh, is that a run? the call of the wild. <laughs> That is actually me getting uh, getting ready to get dispatched, probably. So, uh, guys, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, we uh, Leroy Jenkins. Yep, that's the way we do it. Oh and, my gosh! And in a minute, it'll say scramble. Um, <laughs> so that's the only reason we said is because we all look up to the PJs. <laughs> you guys are our heroes. It's true. It's true. Oh, guys. Hot call. I got a hot call, so we got to wrap up. And uh, thanks, you all, for being here. We uh, hope to talk to you again next week. And uh, tune in. We're going to start trying to get these out on a regular basis for you. All right? And uh, thanks to BJ. Thanks to Willie for joining in. And we hope to see you guys again real soon.